Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. We're, we're, we're in Hebrews 12. We kind of started there a few weeks ago. Um, and we're just going to, we're going to continue on and finish the chapter at least. So if you want to turn there, it's near the back of your Bible. If you're not familiar, Hebrews chapter 12. You know, it's so good to, it's so good to be in God's presence. So it's so good to just have the, the peace of his presence there and um, just kind of rest in him. You know, we need to, we need to learn to rest in, in Jesus and what he's done. Um, sometimes we're trying to work so hard uh, for him. We just need to remember sometimes you just got to rest in him. So today's message is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be exciting and because uh, they're normally unexciting, <laughs> right? Okay, just kidding. Uh, you know, this is a, this is a, you know, when you, when you decide to, to just preach through a chapter and just kind of that, that was the sense I got was just like, okay, you just go to what's next. And so um, the next section is on correction and discipline that the Lord does in our lives. And so we're going to look at that today because uh, it's so essential and so necessary. Um, I want us to start in verse 3. We kind of left off there last time. Uh, we talked about, you know, fixing our eyes on Jesus and who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Uh, then it says, verse 3, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So there's the context. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In other words, no matter how hard it's been, you haven't done what Jesus did. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't resisted where you shed your blood. That's what Jesus did. And, you, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son or his children. It says, and this is a quote from Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not, make Lord, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens or corrects or whatever... Uh, Translation, it might even say, scourges everyone he accepts as his sons. In, therefore, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. Let me read that again. Some of you weren't paying attention. I didn't say you were supposed to say amen. That's your choice. <laughs> Endure hardship as discipline. For God is treating you as his children. And then this scripture doesn't make sense sometimes in our culture right here. So I'm just going to preface that. For what children are not disciplined by their father? Well, we know that in our culture that does happen. Okay. But it wasn't as common back then. We'll just say it that way, okay? So, for what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, 
and everyone undergoes discipline. Then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Whoa. Who put this in the Bible? Right? Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. Again, context there. Uh, it may be different in our culture, but in general, how much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Amen. So this is great when you're disciplining someone else, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's a thrill to discipline your children, but uh, it's definitely not a thrill, just so you know. Um, it's necessary, and you, you, you do it because, why? You love them. Now, some of us grew up in an environment not of loving correction or loving discipline, but we grew up in an environment of harsh punishment. They're two different things. What, what, God is, what the Lord is saying through His servant who wrote Hebrews, who we don't know who that was, um, Apollos, if you want the right answer. Um, <laughs> nobody even knows who Apollos is. They're like, what? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So... We've been through discipline and sometimes harsh punishment. And the writer here is not talking about that kind of thing. So some of us have to first be healed by Jesus. So we can receive correction in the right way. Because if you grew up in an atmosphere of punishment, of, of harsh punishment, I'm not talking about proper correction and discipline. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Where it crossed a line, where it was not done in love, where it was done in, in just anger and just rage. Then when we come and we face any kind of correction in our lives, many times we say, oh, oh, that's supposed to, that's, that's not good. Right away we, we react as if we're reacting to something that's harsh rather than something that's loving. And so we have to have a transformation in our hearts. Uh, here's the thing. Correction is, first of all, an identity issue. That's what it says in the scripture here. It says, here's, how you, here's one of the ways you know you belong to God. How do you know you're a child of God? How do you know you're saved? If God is correcting you. If he's not correcting you, it says, maybe you're not his child. I'm not trying to make you question that. But if you've never been corrected by the Lord, uh, you may want to check in with him. <laughs> so it's an identity issue because God only corrects his children. So what if, what if we... What if we Receive correction in a different way. Rather than it being a negative thing. 
What if it's a positive thing? Man, God corrected me on this. I'm so happy about it. I didn't say it felt good. <laughs> it says that in the Bible. It says no, no discipline feels good. It says it's painful at the time. So if it's not painful, it probably wasn't discipline, right? It doesn't hurt you somehow. It may not be physical. It may, it may hurt your heart, whatever. It's, just, it's, it's moving you. To, you know, there's something going on where, like, I know I've been corrected by God. And so it's, first of all, an identity issue. It's interesting that uh, I actually wrote a whole chapter on this, on this in this book. Um, I'm not trying to sell the book. I'm not trying to do anything. I mean, you can have one if you really want it. Um, my dad will pay for it. Um. <laughs> He's not watching this anyway. Uh, so I wrote this whole chapter. I mean, it was interesting. As I was studying this passage, I'm like, wait a second. This sounds familiar. And then I'm like, oh, I wrote about this in this book. Uh, imagine what it would be like to view correction as one of the ways that Father God whispers to us that we belong to Him. When we see it as an expression of His love and heart for us, rather than a harsh reminder that we don't measure up, His correction becomes a gift to those He calls His own. I'm like, dang, did I write that? (laughs) That was pretty good. Now, my dad did edit it a little bit. I went back and looked, and like some of the words, they sound better now. And I'm like, oh, that's because that's not what I wrote. He, he kind of embellished it a little bit. But I think I wrote that part. Um, <laughs> maybe. But we need to have a healthy view of who God is so that we can receive His correction. And so some of, us, some of us need that healing, you know? So if that's you, there's nothing wrong with needing healing. That just means you're aware of it. It's like, hey, I, I can't receive correction. Here's how you know. When someone else corrects you, do you do, does your reaction, is it overboard? It's like someone tries to just point something out. Hey, I've just noticed this. I'm just really coming to you. And then you just fly off the handle and you're like, and they're kind of like, Whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? Well, to me, that, that's probably a sign. Whenever there's a reaction that is unexpected and greater than should be for the response, you go, okay, there's an issue. There's an issue in your heart that needs to be dealt with. And it's an invitation for God to heal us. It's an invitation for Him to, to say, let's, let's heal that part. So that I can do my work in you. Because we all need the correction. We all need the discipline. And so it's, it's, it says it's for our good. Sometimes God has a different definition of good than we do. Don't you think so? When you're growing up, you're like... I try not. To, I don't say this to my kids, and there's only one kid in here. So, but you know the old saying: "This hurts me more than it hurts you." <laughs> this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. As a kid, you're like, "I don't know about that." <laughs> Let's check on that later. 
You know, can we get an outside, uh, you know, entity to like survey this and do an investigation to see if that's really true? Uh, so I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever said that to my kids. You ever remember saying that? I don't think so. I've said that because, and I'm not saying it's not true, but we just need to be able to receive that correction from Jesus, from our Father. So I just want to pray for, right now. I just want to take a second to pray. Just maybe there's one person. As we, as we were praying today in our, our leaders meeting, there was, there was a, just a strong sense that God wanted to do something today. And it doesn't have to be visible. It doesn't, you know, God's work is, you know, it doesn't have to be everybody at the altar. If that happens, that's great. But God wants to do something in some hearts where you will remember this Sunday. That was the prayer that came out of our prayer time this morning. That you will remember this Sunday that whatever God does in you, maybe he's already done it. That's great. But if God can set you free this morning from the effects of harsh punishment in your life, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. And if he can let you see him a little bit better, a little bit more clearly as a good father, then that's a miracle. And so I want to just, I just want to stop and pray for that. So if that's you, you can just, everybody, we're close, I'm closing my eyes. Put your hands on your heart or wherever, you, just open your hands, whatever response you want to give and say, oh God, I need this in my life. Father God, we need this. Even if, even for those of us that grew up in a good home, we still, Lord, it wasn't perfect. And so we, we just pray right now for healing in our hearts. Lord, anything that, that would cloud us or hinder us from receiving from you, God, we, we invite you to heal that in our hearts. God, we just, we just wipe away the effects of that. God, we don't, it doesn't mean that it, that it wasn't bad. It doesn't mean that we're saying that, that it was okay. No, we're not saying it's okay. We're saying that what you do is greater, that the work of the cross of Jesus can heal every hurt. And so right now, anybody you need to forgive, Lord, we forgive. We choose to forgive parents who hurt us in a way that was not good, that was not love. We choose to forgive them. And we put this under the cross, under the blood of Jesus. And you said if we that the blood of Jesus will purify us and cleanse us. And so, Lord, there's that healing, cleansing that can go on. So we just declare that over every heart in this room in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, the other thing about uh, correction that it talks about in this scripture is that it's, it's number one, it's an identity issue, and number two, it's a holiness issue. It says that we are disciplined, what, in verse 10 there, it says that on earth we're disciplined for a little while as they thought best. Again, there's that little disclaimer just saying, hey, we understand it falls short in humanity. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. You know, I've when I was first flying to or coming to Midland, um, I actually got to fly on a little plane. There's a, like two people left that remember Pastor Charlie, who was our interim pastor at that time. And he was my pastor in Austin, and he had an airplane. 
Okay, so he wasn't just living on a pastor's salary. He had like real estate and all kinds. I don't know. He, I don't know if it was family stuff. But anyway, he had an airplane. Like he, it, was, it was way cool. So we would just fly on the airplane to come to Midland. And so a couple of times he, he let me fly. I mean, he didn't let me take off or land. <laughs> Honestly, anybody can fly. Once you're already flying... Just go straight. <laughs> so I just want to take away the impression, impressive factor about, yeah, I flew all the way to Midland a couple of times. I've flown an airplane. It's like he just said, see this heading right here? You just, you just keep the little, you know, keep, keep heading at this direction and, and keep the, the altitude at this thing. You know, don't go up or down. Just fly straight. Don't go to the right or the left. That's all we, I need you to do. But if we get off just a little bit, you know, if you get off just a little bit, it's fine for the first few miles. But the longer you fly, the farther you will get from your destination because you need a course correction. And so, you know, I remember the, the, the last time I, I flew um, back to Austin area, Cedar Park. So he had me actually descend. And so... Uh, I was descending down, you know, he said, okay, we're going we're gonna to start to slowly descend, and we, we got it down, and he's like, you descended way too fast, and then we, <laughs> he said, oh, okay, you need to, this is enough, let's, you know, we don't want to start hitting trees or anything here, because there are, you know, I know there's no trees in Midland, but uh, in Austin there are, and so we, we descend, and then we suddenly hit this, like, turbulence, I know I've told this story before, like, ten times, but we hit the turbulence, and it, you know, turbulence in a big airplane feels bad. Turbulence in a little airplane feels like you're going to die. <laughs> and so it felt like we just dropped like 50 feet, like in a half a second. We went, Poof! and we just went down, boom. Like the, it's, that's how powerful the, the air is. Like literally our plane just went, boom, just like that. And so um, He's like, do you need, well, he didn't say this, but anyway, he said, would you like me to, to fly now? I said, yeah, I think, I think you can take over now. <laughs> uh, so, but the point of this is, is that a, God is looking at the long term. So in order for him to get you where you need to be when you're Ronnie Mabin's age, no offense to Ronnie's age, <laughs> Carlene's way younger, Okay. <laughs> However old that is, whatever person you want to point out that's older than you, if you want to get to where they're at, where their walk with Jesus is, you have to be on course. It's not going to happen in an instant. It's going to happen by a long time of God working on your heart and changing you and correcting you and saying, look, you're veering off track. That's why the little things are so big. Because Jesus, it says, I mean, it says here in the scriptures, this is a, a holiness issue. Because all of us who walk with Jesus, we don't jump all the way to some horrific place, right? It's just a little bit off. You get just a little bit off. But if you're a little bit off for long enough, five years down the road, you're way far off. You've wandered away and, and people around you are going, like, what, what are you doing? What happened? 
And the only way you get there if you're a follower of Jesus is that you've chosen to disregard the correction of the Lord. Because He is faithful. He loves you. He loves you enough to say, no. None of us want to have God say no. Does anybody want anybody to say no to you? I mean, it's not like we, we don't want that. But it's for our good so that we stay on course and we, we end up with the life that he's called us to that looks like him. We become more holy. You know, holy is not just about doing the right things. It's being about set apart and special and, and other than the ordinary All of us want that. We want an extraordinary life. We want to see something amazing. It's like, hey, you want to be holy. That's what you want is holiness. But it's also a fruit issue. It says that God's correction in our life produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. You know, there's something, there is something peaceful about knowing that God is taking care of you and that you're His child and that He, that he corrects you. It gives you peace in your life because here's the thing, you don't have to figure it all out. The older you get, you know you don't have it figured out, right? When you're younger... I had a lot more figured out. You ever meet those people that, that don't have kids, but they know how to parent? <laughs> they, they've never done this, but they, they know how to do this that they've never done before. It's, like they're, it's amazing. Uh, but experience is a great teacher, right? <laughs> when, you, when you experience reality and you're like, oh, that's what it's like. Uh, didn't realize that, uh, man, when I get to be the pastor, you know, I'm going to do things a little bit differently than... That guy, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know as much as I do. Like, okay, so we need a little bit of correction in our lives. Um, I've told this story before. One of, the, one of the ways we receive correction, though, is, is through other people. I mean, there's, there's basically two ways. Either you can just be spending time with the Lord and He can speak to you. Sometimes He'll highlight a scripture, right? The scripture will just kind of like, it kind of hurts you a little bit in a good way. It hurts so good. You know, it's like, it, it like oh man, I'm not, I'm not here, God. I don't look like this. And so it's, it's the Holy Spirit like bringing that scripture, bringing that truth. But it's, it's a correcting truth. And was it saying Psalm 23, where the Lord is my shepherd, but it's also his rod and staff comfort me? There's, there's correction in there. The sheep need to be corralled sometimes. Sometimes they need to be like, whoa, baby, I'm going to pull you back in here. I'm getting off track a little bit. And so, but one of the ways, there's either just our relationship with God, but there's also the, the work of being in a, in a faith community, where we can go, where we have someone who, godly who speaks into our life who says, you need to think about this. You, you need to be careful of this. 
You know, no one falls into some horrible thing just in a moment if they're a follower of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. You're not just going to suddenly drop off the cliff. But that's also the job of us to say, I don't want to let anybody fall off a cliff. I got to love them enough to risk offending them by loving them and saying, hey, think about this. Again, this is not, we don't do this for everybody, right? I don't become the, like the official, I'm the church corrector, you know, like anybody want to sign up for that job, you know? <laughs> I mean, nobody, I mean, there's a few, if you want to sign up for that job, you definitely don't get it, okay? <laughs> that, how you know you might be called to it if, is if you go, I don't want to do that. You might be called. <laughs> So there's like two people that are super disappointed. Man, I'm not called to that. <laughs> and then the rest of us are like, man, I am called to that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> because it's got to have humility. I know I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. It might be new for somebody that's here. But when I was younger, man, I was, man, I was way more spiritual than I am now. So much more holy. Speaking of holiness, man, I could tell you that I was one holy guy and most of the church people were unholy. <laughs> As is, you know, it's always true, right? All these people are just a bunch of slackers, <laughs> you know. So another leader who would remain unnamed was, was, was kind of with me in this, another young leader, and we were kind of like two peas in a pod. He was a little more vocal than me. I was kind of like, I just thought it and he said it, you know. <laughs> still bad but you know you look better because when you don't say it so there was this issue where we had we had a we had a worship time and this person was the worship leader and so the worship leader said this when everybody was standing and said if you can't sing this with a hundred percent you know purity you need to sit down right now if you're not right with god or something like that it was kind of like okay so the next day the pastor said we need to have a meeting (laughs) We need to have a, a little get-together. And so there was the pastor, and there was one, an elder there from the church, and there was this person, and there was me. Because we were kind of, you know, there was things being, this was like the final straw. This wasn't like a one-off, you know. This was like it was, it was building up. Kind of this condemning, judgmental attitude was kind of like starting to spew out of us in a way. And it wasn't always that direct, but it was there. And so we were confronted to give what? Correction. I write about this in the book too. Uh, so if, you, if you've read the book, just cover your ears. So, so we're going back and forth and we're just kind of like pushing and, you know, there's, it's like a, it's like a, I'm going to push you and you're going to push on me and we're kind of like, you know, you're going to come to me with this and then I'm going to, of course we're using the Bible. <laughs> I mean, we knew the Bible, so I'm like, oh, the Bible says this, man. What are you saying? And you're, you're saying you don't believe the Bible, you know, like kind of, it's really, I don't know if we actually said it like that, but anyway, there's there's a little pushing back and forth. And so then finally, this really nice elder, this really calm, gentle gentleman, uh, just looked right at me or looked right at us. I don't know. I felt he was looking at me, uh, but he said, who made you the Holy Spirit? In a pretty firm voice, not mean, he didn't, you know, but it was, he pointed right at me. I'm not pointing at anybody, see? <laughs> Sorry, I pointed at you, don't receive. <laughs> Michael still sits in the second row, he doesn't care. So, 
He pointed right. I mean, you know, we kind of like, but it, 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 it did something. So I went home. Here's the other thing. I was preaching the next day. I'm not sure why we, that was on Sunday and we waited till Saturday to, to do the, the meeting, you know. Anyway, I understand that, I understand it now as a pastor, you're like, oh, in the name of Jesus, oh God, I have to do this. <laughs> I have to go confront this person, what's going to happen, you know. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray all week and then we'll meet on Saturday. So, <laughs> and we work too, it was working full, all of us were working full-time jobs. So, anyway, so it's like, but I was scheduled to preach the next day. So I was like, <laughs> so we got confronted, but because of the grace and mercy of God, I received the correction. In fact, it, it actually, it did something in our relationship with this pastor where we went from being at odds to where we were together like, and on the same page, like was Unbelievable. Because both this other leader and me, we received the correction. I'll never forget. I don't know. I don't remember anything else that was said that morning. I only remember one phrase. Who made you the Holy Spirit? And I had to repent because I had to realize I'm wrong. I'm trying. I'm making judgments on people. I'm. I am trying to convict people of sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It's it's His work. But as a community, sometimes we need that. We need that for one another where we love each other enough to say, hey, I see this in your life. It's not for the person we don't have a relationship with. It's like, I don't really hardly know you, so I'm going to come to you. No, it's for the person we have a relationship with where we got to say, but we got to say sometimes, Man, think about this. I've never got to say that line to anybody either. So, <laughs> anyway, goals. Um, <laughs> probably won't ever. <laughs> but if we want a harvest of righteousness and peace, we got to receive the correction, we got to be correctable. We've got to be able to be disciplined by God to say, no, this needs to change. I can't have this attitude anymore. I can't keep having this attitude. I can't just say, well, it's just my personality. Well, it's, you know, this is the way I've always, you know, I mean, you don't have those people, oh, that's just that person. I mean, our denomination right now, there's a, there was a, a, a big issue with a, with a very prominent leader who was known to kind of just have, you know, oh, that, and, and the phrase was said, that's just how he is. And then he ends up doing something kind of really messed up and hurt a lot of people because nobody said, this has got to stop. You can't do this. No one loved them enough. It's a lack of love. It's not a lack of, it's not about hate. I mean, it's like you get to the point where you really love someone. You're like, man, I don't want them falling off this cliff. I don't want them to, to be like that. It's not about, 
you know, me coming in and being a Pharisee and judging their every action or whatever. No, it's, it's, it's love. I see that. I see your course is off. And guess what? It was fine for a while, but 30 years down the road, there was an explosion because there was never a course correction in this leader's life. And maybe he didn't listen to it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the details. I don't know that. But how sad it would be if we as the people of God never got to that point. So we've got to be healed, first of all, because we've all had it done wrongly, right? It's been done wrongly in church, right? So we have to say, Lord, show me the right way. Show me the new way. Show me the, the, the way with Father God. But we can't just disregard it. We can't just get rid of it. We can't just say, well, we're just not going to do that section. You know, we don't do that. We do love here. Well, if you do love here, then you have to do discipline. I just want it to be, God is love. Great. That's why he spanks you. <laughs> Because he is love. What loving father would let their child destroy their life? And not say something. Now you can't control. He doesn't control us. But he is going to warn us. He's going to love us. He's going to give us the opportunity. He's going to give the correction. He's going to come and say, no, no, no. We're going to go this way. He's going to bring some good pain into our lives. So that we make the course correction. So that we can receive the word that says, I need a change. I was wrong. I was wrong. Not the other people. Not my parents did this to me. Not, you know, it's because of that thing that happened a long time ago in church. And, you know, all the fingers are pointing. No, no, I, I'm, I'm this way because of me. And I have to change. God, I need your help. Father God, help me. I need to be trained so that I'm having a harvest, so that I'm living a life that looks like you. Thank you, Lord. So are you correctable? That's the question. It's a question only you can answer, you and God. And maybe if you want to invite somebody into your life to say that, you know, you trust and love as a godly person, that you say, am I correctable? Maybe we need to ask somebody else. Sometimes we, you have a blind spot, you know. You just need somebody else. You know, somebody that you know loves you. <laughs> but they love you enough to tell the truth. I want to I want to pray to you. I was just I felt like the Holy Spirit just highlighted the idea of of it's been done wrong in your life in church with other believers. And I think God also wants to just bring some healing there. So can we just kind of let's let's stand up, change positions a little bit. We're 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 going to close up here. Sometimes that's even 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 the worst thing. It's just, it's just the person you expect to love you and do something just hurts you. And so if that's you, if you've had that happen in, in church somewhere, maybe it's even been here. 
I pray it's not, but if it has been here, let's, let's just invite the Lord to heal that right now. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just, we just declare right now that anything that would hinder us from loving one another enough in all ways, that you would heal our hearts. Anybody who's been hurt by the church in any way, Lord, I just declare healing over hearts. Maybe there's somebody you know right now. Just, just kind of lift them up to the Lord. Somebody you know that's just been hurt by the church because it was done the wrong way. Whatever it was, whatever that thing was, it was done the wrong way. So God, we just declare over, over all those lives as well, healing in their hearts. Jesus, we choose to forgive because of your cross. Because you died and your death is enough to cover their sin. We choose to forgive them and release them. We release ourselves from any bitterness, from any any anger that's unholy, any attitude that comes from that, God, we just, we just declare healing in hearts right now. God, you do your work. May we come out of today, Lord, in interacting with your word and with your Holy Spirit, applying the word to our hearts, God. May we come out of here differently today. Lord, I just pray for anybody who has a weight on them that just lift the weight off of them right now in Jesus' name. Whatever it is that's weighing you down right now in Jesus' name, I say, burden you be lifted. If it's not yours to carry, then don't carry it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Father, we just, we just pray that you teach us. We, we need to learn to be disciplined, God. We need to learn to be correctable. We need to, to learn to recognize when you're speaking to us, whether that's just through your word, whether that's through your Holy Spirit highlighting something, whether it's through somebody else, whether it's through situations in our lives where you just bring things out, whether it's somewhere else that you would speak to us, God, through, through the world, through nature. God, we, we invite you to let us be healthy people. That we would truly be, have all of love. We wouldn't just have part of love or the, the parts of love we like, God. That we would embrace all of the love of God. Let us embrace all of your love, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just, we just honor you today, Lord, for your work in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything still, if you've never given your heart to Jesus or you need healing in your body, uh, we'll have a few people up front here. Leaders will be up front here. Don't, don't leave without getting prayer, uh, but be blessed and sign up for Family Promise if you can. If not, we will see you on Wednesday.